The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. I missed you. No, no, no. Not acceptable. This is not okay. Who allowed you to be this beautiful? Who allowed you to be this beautiful? Who allowed you to take my breath away? Let's go to Nick's party. Are you kidding? No, no way. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. Yes, he broke art rules. Name a person who broke a real rule. Rosa Parks. Name another. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. Welcome to The Contenders, a show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I'm Tobin Addington. And I'm Aislinn Addington. And today we're talking about 2019's new classic, Booksmart. Booksmart! Yay! Yay! Uh, Yay. Tobin, did you, <laughs> did you see this film in the theater? <laughs> <laughs> this film is currently in the theater, folks. That's why I laugh. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, no, I did. I, I, I um, think more people should pay for this movie. Uh, I agree because it has, it has. There's been all this controversy over whether it has, uh, whether it's made enough money or not, and whether what that says about the genre and films led by women and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, when this becomes available for you to purchase in some form or rent in some form, I encourage you all to vote with your dollars and uh, throw some th- throw some change at this movie. Agree. I uh, intend to do, do just that. Yeah, as do I, as do I. Which In the meantime, Tobin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Tell us some history, please. All right, so there was sort of a long history of the, this movie from script stage to getting to the screen. Uh, the two two writers, Emily Halpern and Sarah Haskins, who I think we followed on like Twitter and YouTube long ago. I was we- going to say, yeah, on my way here, um, I was thinking, and on my way here, I mean to the room where I bought <laughs> yeah, to this day. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the car earlier. Kitchen so to that's study. Why I was on my way here. Um Sarah Haskins is someone who, yes, I have known of, you know, since 2009, actually, I think it was more like 2008. Um, But there was a show called Infomania. Right, right. On current question mark that I don't know if it was ever on TV or if it was all web based, but I got it via web. And it's all this whole group of folks doing um, social commentary news, Mm -hmm. including Sarah Haskins, who does great. She would do great takedowns of um, gender essentialist commercials. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And like the, the, I sent you the doofy dad one, all the dads and commercials (laughs) or, or, you know, yogurt for women or whatever else. Um, She did that great. And then uh, Aaron Gibson and Brian Safi, who have mm-hmm. a popular podcast, Throwing Shade, but Aaron Gibson, who's an Emmy award-winning um, producer of Gay of Thrones, and um, her book, uh, Feminasty, came out this year and is um, a painful delight. Uh, but she was on that show. <laughs> um, Brian Safi, I showed Brian Safi, excuse me, I showed some of his bits. He had a a. Uh, you showed his bits. I showed his bits. He had a segment called "That's Gay." 
Um, but the, the, the title card would say, that's gay. Um, and talked about various pop culture things and, and where we see heteronormativity and homophobia uh-huh. and, but then also like profiting off of, um, you know, rainbow stuff. It was all good. Long story short, I apologize, folks. Uh, go to YouTube and look up Infomania and look up um, Sarah Haskins and Lady Business. Uh, and yeah, I, so I was so excited to see her in the credits because um, I've watched her a little bit, but I haven't been paying enough attention. And this reminded me like, oh, I should have paid more attention. And good for her. That's awesome. So. Yes, I. She's one of the first people in I followed on Twitter back in uh, 2010 okay. or whatever. When I was partly because you, I'm sure you introduced me to her, and I, I remember sort of loving everything that I saw, and uh, and so she still pops up in my Twitter feed, and I, I sort of lost track of her beyond that. But I, you know, I, I that name comes up, I'm like oh, I know that name. All oh, right, that person's I, I follow that person on Twitter. So Emily mm. Halpern and Sarah Haskins write a spec script. In 2009, it gets on the blacklist, which is this list of of annual list of unproduced, the best unproduced scripts floating around Hollywood. Uh, and that version had to do with these two overachieving uh, friends who are trying to um, get their boyfriends to go to prom, uh, and that was sort of the the idea. But um, and 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 it, and it you know gained traction, and but wasn't didn't ever get made in that form. A few years later, uh, Susanna Fogel, who at some point we'll talk about more, she directed The Spy Who Dumped Me and has written a bunch of other things. She did a pass that really fundamentally changed the story, made the Amy character gay, uh, and changed the goal from getting the boyfriends to go to prom to to hooking up with their each of their crushes who who were were suddenly single at the end of the year at the final party of the year. Um, and then Olivia Wilde gets hired and Katie Silberman is brought in and another writer is brought in. So if you're counting, we're on our fourth <laughs> credited female screenwriter uh, came in to, to do a pass. And that's where it, they sort of mo- turn the movie into the, the, the form that it is today uh, at, at, with sort of Olivia Wilde's uh, um, sort of direction. Olivia Wilde is the director of this movie. Uh, and then the, the last thing is that this been uh, the other bit is that it's been reported a lot in the press that excuse me that our uh, two the the two main actors Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein uh, became quote unquote became best friends in order to play best friends uh, and it had to do with um, Olivia Wilde suggesting that they live together during pre production before they made the movie and then during the during the production she wanted them to to uh, as she says uh, there's a quote I have here it says they needed to spend enough time together where they were no longer sort of charmed by the newness of a friendship hmm. which I thought was a really smart and savage thing to do to get them past is not just that they have would have good chemistry or that they were like it's that they've, they've been they've been best friends for so long that they are you know um that they're that they're there's no there's no there's no sparkle new sparkle to it it's right. all they've like seen it well, all. they've seen it all together they've been in the trenches together and i think that that i think that really comes through so those are my two bits Island, take us through please the wonderful fantastic and full list of women in charge, women in, uh, involved in major roles in Booksmart, please. Would love to. And then after that, I do have a question for you regarding some of these folks. Um, depending on where you are uh, in your day and in your life, I encourage you to make a drinking game out of me attempting to say all these names. <laughs> all right. Here is the robust list of ladies in charge. First, director, Olivia Wilde. Writers, Emily Halpern, Sarah Haskins, Susanna Fogel, and Katie Silberman. 
producers Chelsea Barnard, Jessica Ebaum, Megan Ellison, Nancy Kerhoffer, Jillian Longnecker, and Katie Silberman. Actors Caitlin Daver, Beanie Feldstein, Jessica Williams, Lisa Kudrow, Victoria Ruska, Diana Silvers, Molly Gordon, and Billy Lord. Yay. Well done. Well done. What a list. What a list. Speaking of wanting to be friends with people, how much fun. (laughs) When I saw, we'll get into it. When I saw Lisa Kudrow and Will Forte, I lost my mind. They were so good. Um. Before we get too far away from this list, though, you uh, you alluded to this growing list of writers, and then I um, named them all. In some, sometimes I hear jokes about too many writers, mm-hmm. right? If right, there's, right, if you know, right. when when um, Charlie's Angels seventeen had twenty five writers, that's a bad thing. <laughs> right. Um, in this case. Is it different because of the time? Is it different because they are women? <laughs> Which we can't mm-hmm. answer that question. Um, but, you know, how do you interpret this growing list of writers? That's interesting. i I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on how you feel the movie comes together because of it. I, I wonder how much of it has to do with the fact that they're women. I think that may have something to do with it. Not in terms of like, oh, women are more collaborative or blah, blah, blah. But there is a there's something about uh, there are there are a certain number of writers in Hollywood who get brought in to rewrite a whole bunch of things. That's kind of the thing that they do. And they're very often dudes who come in and like, well, this is what I would do and pitch some kind of big take on it, Um, which is fine. Like that's a skill they have. And that's, you know, fine. Um, My understanding in reading the I read a couple of articles and interviews with Olivia Wilde that the the various pat drafts that these writers did they were often um very it may just be these particular writers but they they were very um what's the word i'm looking for faithful to the original mm. idea of the story which is that it was going to be about these two overachieving uh high school seniors you know right before near the end of their senior year who decide to sort of um make up for lost time and that and that wanting to sort of honor that was important to each of those writers in turn. And so that they were doing is, is just sort of reorienting the script a little bit or, you know, uh, making it fit the last that they brought on um, Katie Silverman because she, you know, in 2019 or 2018, when they're getting ready to make the movie, they wanted it to feel like today, not like sure. 2009, you know, life was different in 2009 yes. in for, for teenagers in a lot of ways. And so that I thought that that was a really, so, so this seems like a very smart way to do it, but you're right. There is a, um, a a uh, assumption sort of, sort of that a trope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you have a bunch of writers on a movie, it's probably because something's fundamentally wrong, and they've just sort of tried to paper over. It. But it does seem to me like this was more everybody trying to find a way to make the movie um, what it wanted to be in the first place. Nice, excellent. Thank you yeah. for answering my question. Um, mm. Okay, let's tell the people what this movie is about, so we can talk about it. Okay, so this comes from NPR. <clears throat> so are Booksmart- you going to use your NPR voice? <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. <clears throat> Booksmart tells the story of two star students headed to the Ivy League. For years, Molly and Amy have put academics first, but the night before graduation, they realized that the kids who partied also got into good schools. 
Worried that they've missed out, the two friends decide to cram four years of high school partying into one night. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, Aislinn, you hated this movie, right? Oh, God. The worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, can I? So, at some point, I stopped taking notes. Me too. Because I was just having so much fun. <laughs> Me too. Um, but a couple things that one that hit me right away and then one that I voiced about halfway through. Um, and I think it, it speaks to that uh, thing Lilvia Wilde was going for and I think got successfully was the the friendship of these two mm. um, young people. And I just said out loud and then wrote down, there is just nothing like female friendship. Like there mm. just isn't. And maybe that's why – Everyone hates us so much. Uh, <laughs> but to, to make light of all kinds of things going on. But, um, you know, you see it in that first scene when they're um, the, Amy comes to pick Molly up. But then when they first get dressed for the party and their whole little bit back and forth about how yeah. great they look. Right. And then when they're in Jessica Williams car and they change again. And that's when I said it out loud because it just it kept coming up and it doesn't get old for me. And I know with friends that I have, um, even, and I would say maybe especially ones that I don't see often, but then when I do see, and we're just right back into that rhythm of what are the bits that we do and what are the Mm -hmm. things that, what are the stories we always tell and what are the ways that we always communicate with each other? It's just so like those paths are so well trod Mm. and, 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 and deep and like remain so and not with everyone right you're we, sure. we grow and change and not everyone's a lifetime friend and blah 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 but there is something about female friendship that i think cannot be replicated in other ways and i i am sorry if that is um not equitable uh but i just kind of think it's true so i don't know how do you react to that statement yeah, I think you're totally right. As you say that, I'm, I'm like, I am, I am. I mean, I have wonderful friendships, but mm-hmm. I am a envious of the kinds of the kind of friendships that, that 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 these two, the kind of friendship these two have. Plus, most of my best friends are women, mm-hmm. and always have been, right? And I, I so um, which is obviously different, right? That's going to be a different kind of dynamic. But the, the way that they were so. Um, well, I, the first moment I noticed it is when she comes to pick her up and they do the dance, right? Yeah. Like, um, uh, and and they they just they just will go into these things these these bits as you say without having to announce them. Like they both know, oh, we're doing mm-hmm. the bit now, and they do the bit, and you're like, oh, they've done this bit a million times, and I can begin to guess the first time they did it and how it maybe has changed over time. And um, there's a vulnerability that they have with one another, but not. Um, an earned, an earned vulnerability, and a they they will pick each other up at every opportunity, and um, there's a um, yeah, I don't know, there's something, there is, I I do, I did experience envy of that uh, <laughs> of that relationship <laughs> watching this movie for sure, for sure. Uh, the other thing that early on hit me that I was because okay, let me backtrack a little. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I had heard from you know people high and low, left and right everywhere that this was really, really good. And I really needed to see it. I was like, okay, I'm on board. I will go. Um, but I hadn't read a lot about it. And in one sort of sentence version, mm-hmm. or when you read kind of just the part of they're going to cram all their partying into one night, right? it sounded to me a lot like the to-do list. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which, what is her name? I mean, Aubrey Plaza is the lead in that, but it was, I want to say written and directed by, <sighs> I'm sorry, Bill Hader's ex-wife, but what is her name? Uh, I'll look it up. Okay, look it up. Pardon me. I didn't do all my homeworks. The to-do list to, from 2013. It feels older than that. Maggie Carey. Ooh. So um, the to-do list from 2013, written and directed by Maggie Carey, that I, I, <laughs> I liked aspects of, uh-huh. but it's very, it's very different tonally and, and, you know, goal wise. And that's like explicitly sexual goals, if you will. It's a right, super nerd right, who wants right. to um, do all the, all the, it, be generous with her sexuality in a way she'd never been in high school. Right. Before she gets to college. So it's right. different. But in my mind, I was like, oh, is this just another one of those? Well, it's pitched that way. Is this super bad yes. for, for girls, quote right. unquote, is their also, pitch. Also then yeah. super bad, which is funny. You've got Beanie Bernstein, who is Jonah Hill's sister. Right, right. So it's it's a – and it, in some ways it is. Like I, I would argue that this is a much better version of Superbad. Oh, yeah. Agreed. In a lot Agreed. of ways. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's not – sorry. No. Much ado. Yeah. Um, what I noticed early on and I really loved – was there was a there was a great um, show don't tell kind of thing around their feminism, which I loved. So right, you they, in the first scene, you you just see this like panning around Molly's bedroom, and you see all of her posters and all the things. It's a very kind of Leslie Nope mm-hmm. sort of backdrop mm-hmm. of all these totally. amazing and important women, and then it sounds like. Um, Maya Rudolph is the voice. I don't know if it is, it but totally of the motivational thing. Yeah, yeah. And then you have um, Amy has patches on her jacket and, and all the bumper stickers on her car mm-hmm. and all that. And there are two things I loved about the way they were just set up in their um, friendship and their values and what's important you know, to them individually and as a group. And um, one was that they were showing a lot more than they were telling. Mm-hmm. That it wasn't like, well, we do this because we are feminists or whatever. Because while I do say that from time to time because (laughs) it's my job, I would say most people don't. Um, And then the second part was there are aspects of that that were funny and that were extra and that were eye-rolly, but it wasn't because of who they are. Right. Right. Like the joke wasn't, oh, these feminists that can't have any fun. Right. It was was that they were – maybe being a little extra right. in there. And, and, and I, again, um, apologies to my students who listen, uh, working with people about this age, mm-hmm. um, there is a, there's a lot of presentation of self mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is very important, right? That's I'm going to wear my t-shirt and I'm going to bring this issue up in every conversation I have and I'm going to whatever. And right. so there are aspects of that that are extra, if you will. Um, and so I, I like how that also felt pretty lived in, you know, this is right. the last week of senior year, all these young people know each other and they know each other's shtick, right? right. And not just right. for the two main characters. I felt that for the others that we sort of get to know as well. Right. Um, but so that's that it was in within the first two scenes that I was like, okay, this is a different movie right. than what I was afraid it might be. Right. 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 Um, and I loved that. And fundamentally so much more about their relationship than any other relationships that they have 
in the movie, which I thought was mm-hmm. wonderful. And the uh, you remind me of another thing that um, other thing that happens at the end of senior years, wherever high school, college, like whatever, is that the um, kind of the more rigid um, cliques start to break down a little bit because you a you're coming to the end, I think. B, so it matters a little bit less. B, you know each other so well. I mean, you've all been in this in in classes. You know, you'll have the, you know, the stoner kids with the in our case with the you know the hicks the like the cowboys the you know the the AP yeah. kids the whatever the all the band kids the the theater kids that by by the time you're at that senior year you you all know each other enough. Like it felt like those walls were kind of dissolving a little bit within these, mm-hmm. which opened up then all kinds of opportunities for people and for in this case characters in this movie but i really got a, a i got a very sort of um uh tactile sense of that in this movie like it felt like it under, they understood senior year and thought about what that the, that last week is like more than mm-hmm. like oh we're just doing parties and you're in this group right. and i'm in that group i thought that was really cool i agree I mean, there's nothing. I well, that's not true. There are certainly things, but there's not a lot in this movie that I'm gonna <laughs> disagree on. Um, I, you know, yes, of, of course, I. Uh, it is about their their friendship, and it, you know, at some point they're gonna have it out in a way they haven't previously, right. and like you know, you could kind of feel that's what it's um, it's going to be. But uh, another clue that I think that this is again, something different and, um, and, and it's about them versus these other people is that I didn't know who like Molly's crush was mm-hmm, until mm-hmm. like halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like it wasn't entirely, you know, we had, we had met this, is it Nick? Is that the vice president? we had met this person and heard that he was very charming, but he hadn't spoken. Right. You know, it was all, uh, a sort of voiceover montage sort of thing. But right. we, and we had met the, um, the kid with the car and we had met, um, you know, the, the guys in the bathroom who were being mean, like there were kind of, there were different um, options around, mm-hmm. but I didn't know until she was really like, no, we have to have to go to this party that, right. and I, I kind of liked that too, that it wasn't here I am and here are my goals and here's the boy I like. I don't right, know. Right, I like right, that. Um, right. The bathroom scene reminds me, though, and then I'll let you talk again. No, no, good. But um, another thing that, like, really, I was like, oh, man, not only is this going to be really good and different than I thought it was, mm-hmm. but also it it scratched an itch for me um, in that when it's, I believe it's lunchtime, it's that first day, we're setting things up still. Molly goes to the restroom, goes, makes a point of going to the all gender restroom, mm-hmm. yep. um, which again, they don't make a whole, no. like they, the jokes they're making about it are not about having an all gender restroom. Right. Right. right? I mean, it's just, right. it's, it, it, it's to that second level, which I, again, kind of working in a field where these is, this is discussed a lot. That's where I would have gone to. Right. 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 Never would I make a joke about having an all gender bathroom, but I might make a joke about that. That's where everyone goes to poo. Like, you know, I don't know what the jokes would be. Welcome to take that out if you want. Um, No. (laughs) But so Molly's in the restroom and then these kids that we've heard about through Molly and Amy Mm -hmm. as slackers, as um, generous with their sexuality, as whatever else come in. And, and that's where, Molly learns that they're also going to really good schools or have really great opportunities. Right. And w- 
then uh, because I'm I'm trying to explain why I think this is so fantastic. Well, the itch it scratches for me is that I am constantly trying to check myself Mm -hmm. in that am I trying to achieve something or trying to get something done or, or trying to be successful because that's what I need to do. And that's what is good, you know, going to be the best for my situation or for the goal I'm trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Or is it where, am I worried that someone else is going to do it first Mm -hmm. kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's something that I feel like the things that pop up in your life and the things you point out to other people are the things you need to work on, which is why I first frame it as an issue of mine. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) because I didn't really clock it in the first scene when the voice, the Maya Rudolph voiceover is saying, you're better than everyone else. Screw everyone else. Right, right. Really, I I knew it was a subversive self-help kind of thing, but I didn't really clock it until that moment where she's just so boldly like, but no, I did the right thing. You did the wrong thing. I should get this benefit. You shouldn't. Right, right, right. That I was like, oh, this is what she's got to figure out right, is right. that it's not about anybody else. Right. It's just about what, not that you can't, you know. The world has to be about other people, but in terms of why you, the entitlement and the, mm-hmm. um, the sort of Venn diagram of it all. Uh, and so that, like I say, scratch niche for me of like, that is someone who has to learn that lesson hard, but also this makes it again, a very different movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally. That there's a different, it's, 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 um, it's coming of age in a more kind of sophisticated and in some ways realistic way in terms of it's not just about the external you know, boxes you need to check of a coming of age thing. It's about sort of um, giving up some of your your the sort of preconceptions that you have had since childhood in this case about sort of whatever you, your idea of a meritocracy is or whatever that like mm-hmm. you have that maybe have blinded you to other experiences and to other people. And that you, you are, even though you are a person who does think a lot about other people, you're not thinking about the people around you as people necessarily, or as not as people in the same way, right? You right. make assumptions about them. And which is another thing that has to, at some point crumble as you, as you grow up, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> that, that, hopefully. You, that, that you begin to meet people as they are, as opposed to the, as the way you assume them to be and, and, um, you know, value them as people on on their own rather than vis-a-vis your own experience. And I, I just, I think, I think you're right. I think that's, um, that's totally smart. That's totally smart. Uh, the other, other interesting thing too, uh, is that there's, they get some jokes out of, how to say that they get some humor out of, uh, I guess not out of Amy's sexuality, but her sort of like, like the joke with Lisa Kudrow and Will Forte that they are just as tossed offline that they are, they have a Jesus thing or what do they say? We get the idea that they're very religious, yeah, but very accepting and they're working hard at it. Right. <laughs> but the joke yes. when they're, when they're in the room seems to be more about like the parents who, who can't quite let go of the, or still assume that their kids are kids <laughs> as opposed to like right. becoming adults on their own. And then, and then Molly's kind of, loving the idea that they think that Amy and Molly are a couple and then sort of, which is which got a lot of yes. play in the, in the trailer. And it also made me think, okay, this is going to be a lot of what this movie is about. And it's really not. It's that's right. has to do with that, that particular set of relationships as opposed to the rest of the movie. Right. And it, I, I agree. Uh, and it's clear that Molly, it's a joke for Molly. 
You know, like right, Amy right. doesn't particularly like the joke, but she's not like she's got bigger fish to fry. Um, and so it's not that. Yeah, they it, it is a it is a joke for Molly, not a joke for the audience a little bit, which I yeah, think right, helps it right. to come off as funny. The parents thing. So I do have two. I have two what I would consider. OK, I have two and a half legitimate criticisms that are things that come up in movies like this, but also just in movies that bother me every time. Yeah, okay, good. And one of them, so you mentioned the parents not being able to let go. Yeah. And I get that. And that, I think that is probably true. This is also the night before graduation. Right. Right. Of course, you're supposed to have dinner with your parents. <laughs> and, and, and like, I mean, this it's graduate. Like, I don't know, but I, so there's that thing of like, it's the last day of school and there are parties on the last day of school, which is also the day before graduation. Like that whole timeline, I have never met a human for whom that timeline is correct. But, um, so please tweet at me if you had a last day of school and then a giant party and then graduated the next day. Okay. Um, and that leads to then the end, Uh but that like that those parents wouldn't be at the airport. That I really did notice that. I really like noticed apparent, that. And particularly yeah, yeah. those parents. Yeah. So um and I and for the movie it was perfect. So, you know, I, I, I'm gonna let it go. But it is that kind of but you're yeah, you're you are adults, but you're not. Like you're just graduating high school. <laughs> like, <laughs> give your parents a break. I, I had a fix for that, which is that the parents could have been in the car right behind. Absolutely. And you I know? assumed, yes. Or, or mm-hmm. all in or all in the same car in some like there yes. there was there would have been a way, I think, to include them in that and make that um we, we'll have to talk off mic about um graduation and end of high school and all that, because I feel like I had a kind of different experience about that, but we'll save that for, okay. <laughs> save that for uh, I but, mean but no. the, the the all night party is after graduation. Right, right, right. No, 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 I know. Yeah, yep. You know, you're right. Okay. That, we'll talk later. That's how it was for us. Um, <laughs> a, a city, citywide all night party, right? I mean, this was. Yes, that's all true. The, all the, all the you, kids in all the schools in the, in the UC, in the, at the university, yes. in the town where we grew I hear up. You. I just, I just feel like likely you've got grandparents in town. You've got, I don't know. It just, it, it just, I, I, maybe, I, maybe it's a sign that I am old and I just, <laughs> I, I empathized with the parents Oh, Will, it's heartbreaking planning a thing. when Will Forte is going through how he's named all of the he's punned all of the food <laughs> yes. they've made for dinner on on their or her sort of ending this you fi- can't chapter sit of her life. and eat and then go to a party. Damn. <laughs> yep. anyway, no, it's true. We can move it's on true. past that. It's true. Um, would you like to know the other thing that bothered I me do. and that might get us deeper into it? Yeah, yeah. I think you know this about me. I have intense discomfort around um the drugging of other people or the accidental getting high. Yes. Yes. That is a, I just, as a plot construction, I, I I hate it. I hate it. There is one TV program in which I will allow it. um, But like that's you and I on CBS. No, <laughs> you and, I know because I'm old. Um, you and I have, well, I've not had it out, but we had a long discussion, you know, when we first rented The Hangover <laughs> way back <laughs> about uh-huh, this. Uh-huh. I, I was refusing to watch it based on my understanding of the premise that someone had drugged someone else and that's why it all happened. Uh-huh. Um, 
And I still maintain that that's not how you would act the next day after being drugged in that way, mm-hmm. but, um, or how you would act that night in any case. Here, I, so I didn't like it. That being said, the amount of time that we spent on it, I felt uh-huh. like that was appropriate. Uh-huh. And then the the collective, um, what do you call it? Hallucination. Yes. I did find humorous. And then when we were done with it, we were done with it. So. Yes. Right. I still, I would have preferred a version without it or with something else, but mm-hmm. for a drugging, um, <laughs> I don't know because I, I think because everything else I liked so much, I'm sort of like, okay, I'll give that to you. How did, how did you feel about it, that or any of the party hijinks really? Yeah, it, it felt um, as ge- the, the spirit of the movie is very generous. And so it, it, it made me generous in that moment as, as well. I could, <laughs> you could sort of see it coming. I did love the, 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 the part where they turn into Barbie dolls, this hallucination yeah. that you allude to, um, which turns out to be something that was not never in the original scripts. It was something that Olivia Wilde brought as part of her pitch to direct the movie. And she's like, at oh, this point, they're going to turn into Barbie dolls. And what if these two overachieving, you know, um, uh, women turn into Barbie dolls? What's the, what, how are they going to react? And that it is kind of interesting that you, you you do learn something about them. Like Molly reacts in a way that you that I would expect her to, and Amy reacts in a way I would not expect her to. But then <laughs> it sort of makes total sense in the in mm-hmm. the course of the movie and in her sort of, um, you know, her her. Uh, I don't. We don't say. We wouldn't say unrequited passions or her sort of. You know, she has. She's out, but she has not had a lot of experience. And mm-hmm. so there's something. You know, there's interesting. If you're suddenly in a body that's not your body, that's a different body. And I don't know. I I, I thought it was very felt very true to who she was. And so at that point, I kind of like on purpose forgot where it came from, <laughs> like how they got into sure. that, into that because I liked what, what they discovered in that moment, which is, I think mm-hmm. uh, uh, if you're going to have a movie that is playing in some of the same super baddish territory where you're going to go outside the bounds of, okay, the parents aren't in a lot of it. And there's going to be these sort of, uh, on purpose druggings of people and for sort mm-hmm. of comic effect that if, is if you are at least using that, to learn about a character. I think that that's, I don't think that that was wise. The Jared character. Can we talk about the Jared character for a minute? Jared, is he the chauffeur? Jared. J- yeah. He's the, he's the rich kid who is having the party on the boat. Yes. Oh, Jared. Um, who is, as with so many of these characters is played both for sort of la- laughs and sort of pathos later. Like, it, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're asked to feel a character who's very, who seems much, much, larger than life right like he does not seem to be even necessarily like a human being more like a caricature and then they and then they sort of try and bend him into a real person and Mm -hmm. i did feel a little bit like there i felt some of that was a little forced um i think that the there's a so so there's a the so jared is a character who's you know um invites them who's going to drive them to the party that they're trying to get to the big nick's party the party where molly's crush is they're going to drive to this party and instead he takes them to his party which is on this big boat with like catered and it's like it's like cruise ship thing right except nobody's there uh except uh billy lord what's billy lord's character's name uh Gigi. Gigi? except for Gigi. <laughs> i think the word you're looking for there is yacht <laughs> Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, 
landlocked children that we were. Yes. You yes. know, yeah. one of those big boats. <laughs> it's a big boat. It's a great big boat. A yacht. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and so, and so there, there's like, there's catering staff, like it's fully, fully done party, thumping music, but no other kids except for yeah. Gigi and him. And, and so throughout the night, he, throughout the movie, he is presented as, as a caricature. And then at the, when they finally get to the Nick party, he ends up being there and he and Molly have a little heart to heart. And he's, you know, he has this funny thing about how his, he can't wait to, nobody here understands him. He can't wait to get out and meet some people who have <laughs> share his quirks, which are, what is his airplanes? And um, he wants to build planes and, and write design airplanes. He has or produce musicals. musicals. Musicals, right? Right. Yeah. He wants to make enough money designing airplanes to produce original musicals because there are too many revivals, um, which is funny. Yes. But I, that didn't work as it didn't land for me the way that some of the other characters did. Yeah, I, that that felt forced to me too, knowing that that Beanie is a Broadway actor. Hmm. I I oh sorry yeah. I can't you were cutting out on me so I didn't know if you were reacting to me or not. I had a drink. Um. Oh, how dare you? Um, yeah, I think I I agree. There are moments. It's hard because I also. When talking about him makes me want to talk about the Billy Lord character as well, um, yeah, because they're sure. presented as a duo at the beginning. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and then I have may I may have missed some of the specifics about their relationship other than they're just both the rich kids and she's. um you know, needs a caretaker. I don't yeah, really know. Rich I think she, yeah. She, yeah, she was doing her best, um, almost famous Kate Hudson. Uh huh. Uh huh. If Kate Hudson and almost famous had money, yes, that that's what she would be. Good and call. I, I, and, and, you know, she was, it, it was fun. Yeah. I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed seeing her there with him. Um, the, yes, I also, felt there were some kind of moments that were false, but <laughs> there was something about, okay. And this is also going to come out gendered in a way I don't like, but it's a discussion that my friend Penny and I had several times in college, which were, there are these larger than life personalities in your school mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that in the real world, are they a big deal or not? Who knows? But there is someone there's like that super, not even super popular, but like super thing. So, for instance, in our, our high school, I'm thinking of Noah, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who is mm-hmm. just a character yeah, and yeah. and everyone knows something about them and uh-huh, and uh-huh. you get the feeling that people have had experiences with them or, you know, like they kind of make everyone feel special in some way, um, but that it's more than likely or not more than likely, more often in our experiences, Penny and I felt that it was easier for um, boys and men to get to that plateau of I don't know if it's notoriety or popularity or whatever there were Mm -hmm. these these characters were so often dudes and we just were like how come we can't be super cool (laughs) but um but so he felt like that part of it rang a little bit true for me that he is quirky he is kind of an enigma shows up out of the blue and maybe with outrageous whatever Mm -hmm. um but that that is charismatic to people. And the way that the first time you see him, he comes in the classroom and then says, see you, Molly or whatever. Like he always says something yes. exactly to her in a yes. strange way. I, that, that felt very true. Yes. And true. so when yeah, then it right. comes back around and, and Molly has asked him to speak 
um, on her behalf at graduation because she's going to be late. Like the bookends of that relationship, I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. I agree. Some of the middle was awkward. And, and I'm a, you know, I'm a sucker for feelings. And so like that he, he chartered this yacht and there's no one there. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that just it does hurt. Yeah, it yeah. hurts. Um, So I like where we get with him. Yeah. In the end. And and likely he's going to do it, I think. I mean, it just seems right, like, right, yeah, right. He's going to. He's going to take off a couple of accessories. He's going to be right. an engineer or what have you. Right. And then help put up some musicals somewhere, I think. <laughs> sure. I. Um, and that would feel to a high school student probably like a really weird juxtaposition of interests. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I yeah. wasn't – he didn't stick out as much to me. Um, I'm trying to think of who did. I mean – I guess I was a little bit with, with the Nick character. Um, I couldn't figure out if he was different than how he was introduced to me or if it was just that he was introduced to me through Molly and Amy's eyes and mm-hmm. then didn't actually get to talk till the party mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he did seem overly friendly and overly focused mm-hmm. on Molly. Yeah. But it's also been a long time since I've been to a high school party, so <laughs> – um, maybe it wasn't out of the blue. Um, yeah. but so he, it was more him, I think that didn't, and, and he was great in it. And, and I, I did also <laughs> turn to my left in my, in my house and say, God, I hope I don't have to awkwardly flirt at a party ever again. <laughs> can, can I please be done with that? Cause that is hard to watch. Cause they're Molly is working so hard. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I, I can feel that energy of, okay, I need to be light and friendly and okay, but I need to, I need to, you know, in, engage him and, and maybe that's, you know, making fun of him or, you know what I mean? Like I need to just, she's just calibrating constantly. And I felt that energy coming through. No, I, you know, and I may be, I'm, I'm, I'm picking at small things because there's just nothing to not like you know, there's so much to love in this movie. Like this movie feels like a lot of high school movies, contemporary high school, especially these uh, sort of recent, um, I think of the edge of 17. Okay. And I'm thinking of yep. uh, which a movie that I really enjoyed. And I'm thinking of the, the scenes between her and Woody Harrelson as the teacher as being such yes. a thing that like, so that's one of the f- things that has really stuck with me from that movie. And this feels like that, like a lot of characters have the kind of specificity of their relationship in book smart. Mm-hmm. And then in edge of 17th movies like that, which are really good. I'm not knocking edge of 17 by any means, but it feels like they're sort of la- we're laughing at the characters more. And, mm-hmm. and there are a couple relationships that, that are as sort of beautifully drawn and get at something real compared to this movie where there's so many that have that, that feeling, you know, like I, yeah. I'm not trying to pit these yes. movies against each other, but I'm, there's no, something I agree. feels different about this, about this movie to me. And and do not worry if if there's anyone in this conversation who's going to critique Edge of Seventeen. It is not Tobin. <laughs> um, but that's a different podcast. Yeah, yeah, different podcast so different podcast. you know, yeah, yeah. Donate to the Patreon, and I'll tell you why it didn't work for me. Um, speaking of, then okay, let's talk about teacher relationships because okay, we yeah, have good. to. Yeah, yeah. We have the poor, yeah. poor principal. Yes, or assistant principal. Principal. I think he's because um, he's just principal. His principal. Um, 
<laughs> played by Jason Stakis, yep. which yep. real quick, because he is from Kansas City and I went to grad school in Kansas, um, my best friend uh, from grad school, Jose, and I went to a Second City show um, where oh yeah, Jason and Olivia Wilde were special guests because oh, it was fun. a benefit for something. And so yeah, it was. Yeah. And the, the part that I remember most is that, you know, it's the Second City traveling team. Right. So if you huh? picture, you know, 20, what is it? 20, 25 years ago, little Tina Fey. Right. Little Rachel Dratch. Right. So it's, you know, six young people, very energetic, all in black, basically, because they're, um, you know, creating a world. Right. Right. Uh, and and very, very talented. But, you know, uh, but work it, even working from the it balcony, yeah, yeah, they're working it. And then out comes Jason Sudeikis in this blue suit that is like tailored <laughs> to an inch of uh-huh, its life uh-huh. and it's just like oh yeah that's a yep yep he's in a different he's in a different plane uh-huh, now he started uh-huh, there uh-huh. and now <laughs> he has a you know three thousand dollar suit on and um so he came up and did a couple games with them and then brought olivia up and she did a couple games and it was funny because he was throwing out hometown references uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so then she and she didn't know what they were. So then she was trying to, you know, she <laughs> she did great in terms of the improv. She did great. Yeah. But, you know, she was throwing the ball back, but it wouldn't quite be, you know, and so just add it anyway. Yeah. Um, so I've been a fan uh, in long story short, I've been a fan of both of them. Um, and for her, it was harder for me to come by. Um, I I knew her first from house and she was in kind of the second set of of uh, young doctors working with Dr. House. Uh So it took me, it took me a minute. Um, But Jason Sudeikis, I loved him in this. It was so sad. Yeah. (laughs) And just so, and that, and and I think it was that thing of when you see a teacher or someone that you know from a very particular context outside that context, but it was that to the nth degree. Right. Right. right? It wasn't just running into them at Albertsons. It was, (laughs) All the hot oh tamale lights in the back of the car, of the Uber, the, <laughs> yes. lift, the lift that he's driving. Yeah, yeah. But we know because we're in the world today and also because you and I grew up adjacent to public education. Indeed. That many teachers have second jobs. Absolutely. Yeah. And and did things in the summer or did things at night or whatever. So that, that was just – it was <laughs> sad because of the truth that was in it. But then the, you know, the game, of course, is es- escalated because of – this being a movie in the context of that. Um, and the, the turning on the porn thing yes. would have bothered yes. me, except that just uh, like within the last year, someone sent to me a compilation of that kind of thing happening in real life. Oh, really? <laughs> because of, yeah, because of YouTube, uh, Bluetooth speakers. Oh man. Someone, you know, I was not me. This is not me. <laughs> I know it's going to be, a, it's not me. Um, hypothetically, so I've had my phone hooked up to the stereo system by the pool for the afternoon mm-hmm. to bump some tunes. And then later I'm on my phone looking for some explicit entertainment yes. and then it connects again. And so the whole pool area is, is has right. the audio. You broadcast the, yeah. Or then specifically many of the examples were like Lyft and, and Uber drivers or like a child gets in the car with their parents uh-huh, uh-huh. and then the, the car picks up the kid's phone. In any case, um, that is, that is a, a modern day. Yeah. Yes. It's a modern day social whoopsie. And, uh, and so 
Modern day social whoopsie not, is our new band name. <laughs> thank you. Had I not seen that, I would have been like rolled my eyes at this ridiculous thing. But like this ridiculous thing happens <laughs> pretty regularly, uh, according to this YouTube compilation. So, um, so that was that was great. Um, well, and then we had the other teacher, which was Jessica Williams. Right. Which brings me to the other thing that I didn't care for as much in this movie. Tell me. I, so I love Jessica Williams. I think she's I think they, I think she's wonderful. I think they handle her so well. Like they use her her persona and and she does so well in the movie until they get to the point where they have her come in the party. And yep. To me, that was like, oh, can we not? say that we have to say that every teacher is kind of um lonely sad sack uh Mm -hmm. you know like it it could could that not be could could this be enough maybe for her (laughs) she's like i just oh that and then so then everything after that felt a little kind of easy and and not just not believable although i didn't believe it uh but also like an unfortunate thing to do to that character i agree so that was my half Uh when i said there were two and a half things yeah yeah because i loved her so much right and but yeah i agree i i would be okay with her being at the party for a minute if it was you know the girls needed wanted her to come with them to make an entrance right, or right, you know like right. if something else had pulled her into the party and then she was sitting there and then google dude hit on her right. like yeah right that right. felt that felt right for him right. but it did not feel right for her right. based on what we had seen of her um and then it is just icky yeah yeah it's icky. i don't care you know i don't care how old he will he is right i mean i do <laughs> it could have been ickier <laughs> yeah but but you know age is absolutely a component but also the power dynamic is another component so like it's it's icky regardless of his what state what jurisdiction he's in right um right and again this so, yeah, the I, idea that I like agree. they think she's so cool and she is but then oh she's not yes. cool don't be like her like what, what? No, that's not yeah. fair. Like, let's be, let's have, it's okay to have a role model who isn't off designing rockets and, or whatever. Like, let, we can have a role model yeah. who's teaching high school. Like, that's great. Yeah. People need to do that and do it well and be, and that be enough to not, you know, like, I don't know. I, I'm, I was several ways rubbed the wrong way by that uh, yes. moment. However, at the party, one of the things that I love about this movie is that Amy and Molly are shown to be good at the things at the party. Like, okay, as everything else in the movie or as everything else in their lives, like they are achievers, they work at things, they do that. There's a great bit where they're going to like, they go to the library to research where the party, like, you know, it's a great bit. So they get there and like, guess what? Molly is really good at beer pong, you know, Mm -hmm. like, great. And then Amy ends up like initiating this hookup thing with this woman who is a young woman is, you know, who's like a peer of hers or whatever that like, they turn out to be. At, at the first half, like it's not like oh they get there and they're and they're the butt of all the jokes. People are happy to see them. Right. They're including mm-hmm. them in things. They're you know it, it does not all, all go well, but it's not like they're. I think back to like the movies of the eighties where you would have a, the big party scene and the quote unquote nerds walk in and then it's like oh let's give them mm-hmm. wedgies and they're like it's this whole other kind sure. of thing. And and I, I like that they had that experience and that they were shown to be, you know, that they could do these things too. Good. Look, it turns out you, as, as the premise of the movie is you can party and have a life and enjoy yourself and also right. enjoy yourself while you're studying and achieving, you know, you can do both. These things are, these are not mutually exclusive. And I thought they handled that in a lot of ways. Well, at the party, what do you think of the party? 
Um, I, I agree with you, your statement. And then I would just add that I think it also speaks to what the audience with Molly and Amy are learning about all the other students too. That mm-hmm. The other students are not just the things that Molly and Amy perceived of them. That you know that right, they're not, it's right. not them against the world. It never has been. That was a that was a construct they created. That really they would have been included, um, or would have been people would have been excited to see them, or or um, even to embrace other sides of their personality. Right. Right. That, right. That it's other people aren't. The joke is also not that the whole party is amazed that Molly can play their part. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I, I think right. it um, it helps with that, that some of the, you know, the rules that we make up for ourselves are just that. Right. 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 They, they've made up all these rules about um, or all these ideas about who they are and who the other people are. So so I, I agree. I like that. I was much more at ease at parts of the party mm-hmm. than I thought I would be because I was sort of braced for that. Oh, what's going to happen? Um and I, I did laugh at the, the ongoing joke that Gigi just shows up everywhere. Yes, yes. And like beats them places. Yes, like, yeah. For me, they did that just enough times, right. That it was right, charming, um, and that they, that that's because that is a joke. Then that's also a great way to get her into all those places because that's kind of the joke, um, right. I loved the pool. Mm, yeah yeah mm-hmm. right before amy sees yeah. that her crush is ryan making out with are, molly's crush yeah, yeah ryan and nick yeah but and i'm and i'm sure that this was uh you know spoon fed to me i'm not i don't think i'm doing anything revolutionary other than just uh being there but that you know she's it's a f- very freeing moment. Yes. Yes. That she is, you know, she's literally stripped down from someone else's clothes. So like right. that's kind of a layer there too. <laughs> right. Right. Good but call. then, um, and I'm going to move past people having their eyes open underwater. Um, mm-hmm. cause in movies it's magically can happen, but being a contact wearer for as yeah. long as I was hundred percent. Yeah. Like a boy, yeah, not yeah. a good idea. No. Um, they've already turned into Barbie so dolls. Then this it's night, just, so. That's true. You're right. Maybe yeah, the superpowers from the drugs. <laughs> um, there is something about it, it, it's it was all bodies, but it I it wasn't particularly objectifying mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. It was, but there was just it was just kind of free, and there's something a little bit equalizing in that they're all underwater. They're all I don't know. That's it's kind of like a simplified version of social whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and the the way that she acted that I thought was was great too that it was i don't know it wasn't just jumping in a pool it was no it was much more, more than that to yeah. It. yeah yeah I, yeah I and then of moment. course the the um you know tragic seeing your crush kissing someone else and that it's this other person's and then i then my next question was like okay well how are they going to handle this right. because a thing that bothers me in tv shows and movies is just like tell the other person the thing yeah rather than making it a whole right right whatever right but um in any case what did what did you think about that part i love that i i, <laughs> I you said it you've said it uh better than i could um so let's go move on to their to their well i don't know do you want to yeah. say anything about about amy hooking up with uh what's her name her name was it doesn't happen until after but i can't oh, it doesn't? oh right 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 with hope yeah okay because they fight and then she goes to the bathroom right, okay, so let's talk, let's talk about the fight then let's talk about the fight then yeah 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 well, what do you think of the fight? <laughs> I mean, 
it hurts. It, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's once I understood that this movie was about them, I understood that there was going to be this moment that there, this, this friendship has to, there are things that are unsaid. Um, and now that we're ticking down this time until their identities as best friends in high school are over. Right. Which, like, which I don't think that they really fully grapple with. Like they haven't really come to terms no. with early in the movie. But I mean, if you, and it, but it's kind of just true. And then in a movie sense, very true. <laughs> I mean, uh, super bad has a similar structure in that they have it out about who's lied about their future plans right. and who's protecting each other. And what does that mean? And, um, or, or lady bird has that, that type of not, not with the friend, but with the, the mother and daughter. And so, I mean, it's just, it's part of, you know, changing how I'm using my hands a lot. <laughs> you can't see that, but, um, but their, their identities are going to change. Their relationship's going to change. And they're, they're both, you know, kind of digging their heels in a little bit to keep it from happening, but it's going to happen. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I liked that you heard some of it, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. I always kind of like that. Um, and then I, it was, I just seemed so true to what we know of their characters, the way that, you know, when Molly... Um, wanted to go to the party and she used the code word Malala for like, yep, yep. you have to do what I say, or it's not that, but you know, like this yeah, is important once a year, no questions asked. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But when Amy does that back, it doesn't have the same weight. Right. And um, that felt to me very true of, of friendships in general at one time or another, you know, somebody's going to pull some sort of rank, I think. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. um, and that felt true to Molly's character that then she starts like explaining to her very best friend why she's right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then like kind of the walls come down about kind of how they each see themselves and the other person in their relationship. Mm-hmm. But then you don't hear it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's true because we don't know the depth of, of their friendship. And then it was just tragic to me that people were filming it. Yeah. Yeah. Which of course is what would happen. Yeah. But like, Ah, that just hurt. And so I'm glad it didn't come up again. Yeah. Later, I don't think we needed it to come back in a video form. But, um, and I'm trying to think of other kind of specifics that were said. Um, But it just, it, it felt, it felt like the appropriate sort of culmination of all the, the things that we've seen from them. What did, what did you think? I thought it was beautifully acted. Uh, and and they're both sort of uncorking a lot of stuff that they've sort of that's been pent up. The other thing I want to say um, is that it's I thought it was really really well directed. The whole movie I think is really well directed. I there mm-hmm. there may be too many. Um, uh, well, people might people might say <laughs> one objection mm-hmm. people might have is that there there is a lot of music cues. Like there's a lot of like cut to pop sure. song and some happens. I think the the songs are so well chosen <laughs> and so and right. so nicely set. And to it the, is to a high moment. school movie. And it's a high a school bit. movie. So you know, like, like back the fuck back off. off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that um, th- this moment was handled so beautifully, partly because so it's all, it's all in one take. The camera is set up and it and it it's on like a semicircular track and it's moving back and forth between them. So it's it's not holding either one of them. It's not favoring either character. Um, this mm-hmm. is not not a thing where either character is does not have you know they both have 
you know, valid things to say and they're both right and they're both wrong. And, and so the camera's sort of just tracking back and forth between them and, and not letting us out of the moment, right? If you, mm-hmm. something in that kind of scene, if you, if you don't cut the, the, uh, to a different shot, if you hold it all in one take, we then don't have, we can't get a breath along, along with them, right? So we're, mm. we're, we're in the moment with them. And then it's as you, as they're doing that, the light lighting in the background starts to fade a little bit. Like literally they, they're turning down the lights right. in the background. And then you begin to see the, the people turning. You don't see it cause they're out of focus, but there other people turn to look. And then the phones come out. As you say, you see the lights yeah. on the phones as everybody starts to film them, which, th- and that's what, as the sound then, then comes out, as you say, which then I begin to think, okay, so now we are, we're the voyeurs like we are the same as the people Mm. over there who are filming it like we're watching this for our entertainment and it feels like Mm. a very private moment that they're having this very public space but they're not making a joke about that it's just that we've hit this moment and here's where it is and it's happening it's just between them and that's for me i think the the beauty of the the sort of technical beauty of pulling the sound out at that point is it feels like olivia wilde saying okay now we're going to give them this moment because we've seen enough of it and it's Mm. not our place to sort of ogle this moment anymore and and i don't know that it's that that's necessarily consciously what she's thinking but that's the effect that that it had on me which is such such deep respect for these characters what they're going through that we're now going to give them the space to have this moment even though the people around them aren't giving them them that space and that level of sort of respect for the humanity of the characters that you're that you're directing that you're the story that you're telling is just that's like a plus level stuff i mean it's just so super impressive to me I mean, that is more than I got out of it. So uh, that is why you make the big bucks. That is, <laughs> I don't know about big bucks. That is, <laughs> that is, that is a f- sophisticated take. And I, um, I thank you for that. So then we have, um, a rest, then we have the hookup, the, the hookup, which, which, what'd you think of the hookup? <laughs> I mean, I, For Amy's character, I think that was – it was set up that she was going to take a romantic chance. And from my perspective, Uh and and then Ryan was not available. And so she has that (laughs) like, oh, but I need to take a chance. And yeah, I don't – I don't don't love – I don't love it um, in that – I do. I agree with Amy when she says to this person, like, why are you so mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like just, yeah. she's just that. And, and, and I thought so true when she said you, you're, you know, act like one of those people who says they're calling people on their shit, but really you're just being an asshole. Like, yeah. Yeah. So for me, that transition wasn't quite what I wanted it to be, mm-hmm. but I, I'm so glad that we had that, um, like fumbly, first hookup yeah um with two women that wasn't mm-hmm. what was that super explicit french movie oh blues warmest color blues the warmest color yeah, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that i have seen of that movie that is the seven minutes i've seen so um it, not there's anything wrong with that but i think for for this being much more kind of like you say fumbly and um awkward and figuring things out i think was great. It then made me flash to uh, super bad, mm-hmm. and that you know it's just so often that we have that, but with um, a heterosexual couple. So right, right. 
I I like that the only intimate scene we have is two young women. I think that's great. Representation is important. I'm here for it. Hate vomit. <laughs> yeah, that's what I knew. I was like, oh, oh. Right? I, I, I just looked away from this screen. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a fear. Um, and then particularly in that kind of situation and – I, you know, I'm not going to say anymore right now about, yeah. <laughs> about that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but, you know, y'all know who you are. That's all I'm going to say. So, yeah. So, I, I, I liked it much better in that we have a kind of a reprise uh, when that next morning. Mm-hmm. And I guess you're right. We do have the parents in the morning at breakfast. So, maybe maybe I'll let go of them at the airport. But um, the, when that is her name hope yeah when hope comes in and talks with amy and then <laughs> love that you have molly in the window yes, just yes. freaking out yes uh, that i loved <laughs> i felt like that i have been that character they're like okay mm-hmm. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna listen but i'm gonna listen i'm not gonna watch what i'm gonna watch i'm like <laughs> this is our lives happening yeah. um so i thought that was just beautifully done and that it was you know that Amy felt successful about that whole thing mm-hmm. in the end, mm-hmm. whether yeah. they see each other again, whether they talk again, that's that story you're going to take to that next thing, which is that orientation for whatever organization she's with, with the other handful of young people, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. might be what she talks about. Well, I just right. met this person. I don't know what's going to happen. Right. So that, right. Right. um, I, I, I think that scene for me redeemed my discomfort with the vomiting scene. Mm-hmm. I, the the thought that I had as the second hope or the, the last hope scene, the one you, you're talking about the next morning happens as, as hope comes to um, Amy's house that you, there's a whole other version of the movie that follows hope. That's like mm. hope's night from turning from like someone who is so defensive that she's cruel, right. That she's an asshole to other right. people to sort of have it. Like, what does this, what did this moment mean to her that it's changed her a little mm. bit in some way? And I, I, you know, it's really neat when you can feel that a movie has uh, in mind, the other characters traje- trajectories in a way that you can feel them before their scenes and after their scenes. And um, yeah, I, I, I thought the movie handled that all <laughs> that handled that all really well. Um, the then, and it, so then, in between this, we have the um, Amy gets arrested. She's in jail, right? Uh, you, you know, and, and then, then and then they're talking through the thing, and they yeah. they're just talking about. Well, first Molly starts with a joke, but then they're immediately talking about like their lives more than they're talking about how their friend yeah. is in jail. Like then they're just two yeah, best friends yes. on the phone. And that yes, was exactly, amazing. Exactly, and I also exactly. feel that, right? You're, yeah, so yeah. You, you haven't seen someone forever. You pick them up from the airport. You have to figure out where you're going, what you're doing, but you're immediately then back <laughs> into your friendship. Right, right. Yeah. Like I, yeah. that, that was, that was be a beautifully true. And I think not just in a teenage way or a teenage girl way. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. just friendship. I yeah, think. Right. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> but but and then and then they drive the car and they like come into graduation. I mean, it's yeah. I, I yeah. Well, like, go ahead. Sorry, there's one thing I want to go back. Okay. Um, because we have an, the other female character. We need to talk about Annabelle that we don't know her name till the end because she's just called AAA. Yes, yes, yes. Um, 
And she's one in the bathroom that confronts Molly because they're both going to Yale. Right. And Which Molly didn't know until that bathroom. Molly scene. didn't know because this, you know, from Molly's perspective, this girl is just out there being trampy and couldn't possibly be also be smart or also be getting things done. Right. And and she is cruel to Molly in that scene. Um, we, I also don't know how how cruel Molly we don't know right, if Molly right, has been right. cruel to her in the past or not right um what I get a sense that there's disdain there but and we don't know this and yeah yeah yes mm-hmm. we don't know the the extent of it um but then the party is uh the cops come to the party people run away it seems like what's set up is that Amy creates a diversion mm-hmm. so that other people can get away right like this is also her brave moment um and then <laughs> Love the uh, her ranting, getting into the cop car <laughs> yes. about her rights and and the police or is it incarceration rates? I mean, it's just yes, yes, yes. It's just on on and then brand, she calls but, shotgun and says, "Oh, just kidding, yeah, I don't have kidding. one." <laughs> <laughs> like that's so good. Um, so then Molly's walking home, and this character who we knew no AAA at that moment, but then. Her name is Annabelle, stops her. And in an earlier scene, um, Annabelle had said, uh, you know, I'm going to pretend I don't know you next year or something yeah. that is pretty cruel. Right. But then in this scene, she says, please don't call me that next year. Right, right, right. And I, it was, I mean, I'm getting emotional now just because that is so, that like you say, this movie cares about other people, the other characters' trajectories yeah. and, and what's important to them and that that, there are aspects of there are aspects of that identity that she wears, mm-hmm. it seems, with somewhat pride as she's pointing out her tiny shorts or whatever in the classroom. But there's parts of it that, you know, that she doesn't want to continue to wear in her next right. Um, the next part of, of her journey. And so that when she just says that, oh, that gets me. And then also she justifies um, and not that she should have to, but she does sort of justify her um sexuality and that mm-hmm. mm-hmm. this is what you know this is part of who she is and she's like what am i gonna do in my own home <laughs> yeah 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 so good yeah and she and um, and, and, and 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 advocates for her own pleasure like yeah and because i like i liked it <laughs> like yeah you know and 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 that the thing she feels the thing that hurts the most is she expects that guys are going to call her names that that have to do with you know you know her sort of the deployment of her sexuality, um, but that, that the girls are doing it too, right? That that's what hurts is that, is that sort of, I, I don't know. I thought, I thought that moment was, that's one of those moments where you get the other side of a character that I thought was, was yep. really well handled in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. And because I think for me, it was even that, yeah, it's not going to solve all the animosity that they've had toward each other for a long time. Right. But it, at this point, they kind of both have taken pause and and s- seem to have an agreement to move forward, respecting each other as people mm-hmm. and whether or not. And and then in my head, um, I figured that like, yeah, you know, they would run into each other a couple of times, but really it'd be like their sophomore year. Uh-huh. They would have some sort of night, whether it started studying or they'd end up in the same class uh-huh. and then kind of really get into it uh-huh. and yeah. then have a friendship of some kind. Totally, totally. As time went by that right. they need to they need to grow apart 
not that they were friends, but they, you know, they need to grow independently yeah. and then maybe right. they can find those things that they had in common because they, they grew up together. So right, in right. my mind, eventually they have a, you know, everyone has a sophomore night. Yeah. Where, yeah. You know, they rehash something. They're but, in some, um, they're in, or they're in some seminar together with like only four other yeah. students or whatever. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I think again, talking about me, and what really pushes my buttons are the way that this character seems to be the one that points out that Molly isn't uh, like the the one hundred percent protagonist that she believes she is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? She she's so self righteous. <laughs> so she's so I'm doing things the right way, and I'm going to be successful, and y'all are going to be pumping my gas or whatever other kinds of yeah, yeah. things she says, you know, um, inclusive only to a <laughs> to where it impacts her life. Right. And right. and Annabelle represents a very different route, and is mm-hmm. that kind of mirror up to our protagonist that I think makes her feel differently, but also at different points has shown the audience that there's more than just her narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a tough thing to be, have pointed out to you. <laughs> yeah, And totally. so it's, you know, from as a, just an audience watching the whole thing, I'm like, Ooh, yeah. What are the moments where that has been pointed out to me or should have been pointed out mm-hmm. to me? Mm-hmm. But then also for the movie that, um, you know, shows that, that Molly's Molly's way isn't necessarily, isn't for sure the only way and isn't necessarily the right way. Right. Um, so that was, I thought that was kind of a, a brilliant, um, what do you call that? Oh, like a kind of a foil for Molly. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You think? Yeah, totally. For sure. Yeah. Anyway. And then you're right. Then they come screaming in, in the, uh, <laughs> the wild car. Jared's car. Yeah. Jared's car to graduation. The, I mean, I think they have earned the silly. Totally. Um, slow-mo of the, you know, erratic driving. Totally. Um, you know, I wouldn't have accepted it necessarily at the beginning, but at the end, okay. You totally. know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They've, they've totally earned it. Yeah. And I mean, they've, yeah. again, they've been Barbie dolls. So like right, the movies heightened, then, um, right? Like it's not all going to yes. be quote, you know, it's, it's going to be as real as it feels, you know, like high sure. school, we've talked before high school, the adolescence is a heightened, is a time of heightened everything. And so yep. it feels that way, even if we know in retrospect, okay, this, maybe these things weren't quite as big a deal in the grand scheme right. of things. When, they certainly felt that way. When they tell the story. Yes, exactly. Right, right. That's what it's going to, that's what it, you're right. That's what it feels like to them. So, so yeah, I, I accept it. I also, at that point, I felt I had a very, as they were, you know, coming in to graduation and, and then talking and panning through the crowd. Um, I think this movie did a great job of making us feel familiar with mm. this group of teens yeah. that again, the movie is so much about these two, but I felt like not nostalgic isn't the right word, but I felt, it felt so familiar to pan through the crowd and see all the people. We haven't really talked about the, the drama nerds. No, and their murder um, mystery party, which Given oh, the number that we gosh. had, we should, yes. you know. And the karaoke? Yeah, the karaoke. And the critiquing of the karaoke? <laughs> yes. I'm not going to name names, but I heard those comments <laughs> from your friends. Yeah. I mean, we all know what party I would have been at, right? I mean, this is, yeah. there's no surprise. Oh. There. Yeah. Yes. What party you would have been hosting for <laughs> sure. And I would have been sneaking into. Um, oh, we invited you. Oh, thanks. Uh, 
but yeah, but so I, I, I hadn't, that surprised me. I hadn't expected to feel kind of nostalgic about the other mm-hmm. teens, yeah. but then yeah. in that graduation scene, I, I very much did. Um, and I just loved it. I love this movie. I love this movie. I want to watch, I want to go watch it again. I'm, I want to watch it. I'm going to, I'm going to watch this movie again real soon. Maybe when I am home in the summer, we can watch it together. Yeah. That sounds good. That'd be nice. Um, hey, Tobin. Hey, Aislinn. Oh Do you have final comments? No. I forgot what else we were doing, but I, I do have a game. Oh, would you like to play a game? I would love to play a game. How'd you know? Okay. So this film, as you know, is called Booksmart. Hmm? So I have decided to test your book smarts. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, I encourage folks to play along. Um, please keep in mind, all of my research was done on the internet yesterday. So if it's wrong, you know, tell me, but I'm not gonna, I'm not, but I'm I not taking care. that on. <laughs> yeah. So I have a series of paired um, works of literature. Okay. Um, most of which from the 20th century, a couple, I just snuck in a couple 21st centuries in there. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you the uh, title and if you would like the author and of each pair and then you tell me which one is older oh okay so starting with mrs dalway versus ulysses who's older oh derek i'm so sorry i'm not going to get this right <laughs> off the top of my head oh man yeah we need derek we need for this derek. game we need derek, derek. Here. okay um derek okay. keep track of your points and tell us <laughs> i'm going to say ulysses is older. Correct, oh. sir. Whew. According to my research, Ulysses um, by James Joyce is 1922, and Virginia Woolf's Mrs. Dalloway was 1925. Oh, man. So not by much, but uh, a little bit. Okay. Point okay. for Tobin. Okay. Whew. All right. Next up, we have I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. <laughs> okay. Versus Valley of the Dolls. Who I know why the cage birds, cage bird sings was earlier. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Oh man! Valley of the Dolls. According to my research, Valley of the Dolls, 1966. Okay. I know why the cage bird sings by Maya Angelou, 1970. Oh man. Okay. All right. Bummer. No points awarded on that right. one. I'm so All right. sorry. All right. All right. All right. Next up, the remains of the day versus. 1984. Okay, now do I tell my remains of the day story here? Yes. It's high school story, right? So yeah. remains, of the, remains of the Day came out on VHS. The movie. The movie, Remains of the Day, came out on VHS. Emma Thompson um, uh, and uh, Anthony Hopkins comes out on my birthday when I'm a sophomore in high school. And so I say, hey, I'm going to have a party. We're going to watch Remains of the Day. <laughs> And so we have a party and then we all go upstairs and watch Remains of the Day. And I would say 85% of the group of 10 people fell asleep. <laughs> if they had phones, they all would have been on their phones. It was just me watching Remains of the Day and everybody else. It was like, a, it was a complete, and I knew it as it was happening. I'm like, oh my God, this was a bad choice. But you know what? <laughs> I really wanted to see this movie. Yes, you do uh, you. I do me. Um, I'm going to say 1984 was written first. You are correct. Oh, I thought you were going to ding. 
I thought that I was going to get you on that. Be- did you not what? hear my ding? Oh, I, I heard the second ding. Oh, if you dinged, I did. It was just a delayed ding. A delayed ding. Ding delay. Okay. I thought I was going to get you on that because the remains of the day is a period piece. It, the book wasn't written until 1989. Yeah. The author is still writing books and is yeah, not, see, <laughs> not terribly old as opposed to 1984. George Orwell has been dead for a long time. Sure. And so, so that I guess I, I didn't take into account that you would have that much knowledge of the actual author. I thought <laughs> yes. you just knew the movie. And so I thought I could get you. But nope. nope, nope. That's, that's a little behind the scenes from me. Okay. Are you ready I for am, another I am. classic? I am. The Metamorphosis <gasps> or Heart of Darkness. Boom. Oh, man. Who's older? Oh, man. Okay. Um, Kafka I, or Conrad? I, I was an English major in uh, college, uh, but I made a lot of movies <laughs> instead of reading a lot of books. Um I'm going to say that the metamorphosis is no. Yes. Metamorphosis is older. You are correct. Oh, total guess. Metamorphosis, 1915. Heart of Darkness, 1922. Okay. Okay. Oh my gosh. That was skin of my teeth there. Yeah. I had to include Heart of Darkness because for whatever reason, I read that for school four times. Oh, wow. Twice in high high school and twice in college. Wow. It was, wow. it just kept, kept a uh, coming. I've read okay. the first half of that book three times now. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, um, you know, seminal works in our biographies. Okay. <laughs> the Old Man in the Sea. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Versus the talented Mr. Ripley. Oh. Who's older? Wow. I'm going to say... Uh, wow. It's close. Not gonna I'm going to say Townsend Mr. Ripley is older. I'm sorry. Incorrect. Oh. Old Man in the Sea is 1952. Townsend Mr. Ripley 1955, according oh, to the internet. Okay. Okay. But you're still up. It's you. You've got three of five points. We've got okay. two okay. left, and okay. then a tiebreaker. Even though there's no second player. <laughs> um. So next we have Carrie. Versus the color purple, which is older. Um, Carrie's older. You're right. 1974. Yeah. yeah. Versus uh, 1982. Yeah. Good work. Okay. The final in the, so that was, they were both films, right? I mean, many of these, yeah. I picked, I picked and, many of these that were films. Those were both films that were made close, close after they were uh, written, which is how I guessed that it was first. That you knew. Okay, so now we're going to move. Our last one is going to be TV related. Ooh, okay. American Gods or Sharp Objects? Which is older? American Gods. Ah, Damn you. You're too good at this game. (laughs) That's because I read Sharp Objects as it came out. That's true, because you're you're a Gillian Flynn person. From the beginning. Okay, so the final, you, Tobin, have... Five out of seven points. Nice. Nice. Would you like to do my uh, bonus round of just course. for fun? Of course. This is a a literature-based, marry, consensually, smush, or kill with three important characters from history. 
Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. Mary Smushkill. Okay. Jay Gatsby. Sherlock Holmes. Atticus Finch. And okay, listeners, so you... please weigh in on this as well. Tell us your list. Okay. You can marry okay. one. You yep. have a sexual encounter consensually with another. And then the okay. third, you kill. You kill. Okay. So we've got, you said Jay, Jay Gatsby, Sherlock Holmes, and Atticus Finch. Yes. Okay. So you marry, I marry Atticus Finch. Of course. Uh, I... Oh my God. Okay. I, and I kill Jay Gatsby and I have a consensual sexual experience with Sherlock Holmes. Is it weird that that's my answer as well? <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know. You tell me, you tell me your reasoning. I'll tell you mine and then we'll find out. I mean, just of the three Atticus, Atticus Finch is not only, I think a, a good man, but is, um, it, I mean, well read, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I think you could have great conversations and debates, and um, and it's just such so community minded. That was that was, mm-hmm. that was my yeah. thing, right? I want to I want to yeah. be with someone who cares about their community and wants to work um, for them. I mean, hey, Jay Gatsby is just like kind of an entitled poser from my perspective yeah, totally. just 100%. you know yep. were he here now he'd probably have his collar popped and i'm just not interested in that <laughs> and then yep, i yep. think i think sherlock holmes would be um always trying to demonstrate to me that he's smarter than me uh-huh. and so while i think we could have a fun back and forth in a short-term uh-huh. way long term uh-huh. just like i'm not interested in either yeah demonstrating my intellect to you or like saying good job good job you know yeah it would be exhausting being yes, in the long-term relationship with Sherlock Holmes yeah but I think uh, um uh I for me I think he could intuit exactly what I'd want oh hey <laughs> excellent <laughs> again mom and dad <laughs> thanks so much for <laughs> helping to sponsor this show um but yeah so please uh find us on twitter and tell us your reasoning for um, your relationships with these three <laughs> or add in some others. I'm happy to play um, classic fiction, uh, Mary Smushkill. So totally. thank you, Tobin. You, great. I feel like you won both aspects of that game. Oh, it was, that, was, that was a great game. Thank you. <laughs> worthy of the movie. That was a game worthy of the movie. Speaking of the movie, now is the time. Where we decide definitively, <laughs> is this movie a step forward or a step back <laughs> for fearless women in front of and behind the camera? And we have so many fearless women involved in this picture. Tobin, um, where do you land on this one? <laughs> no surprise. This is a giant leap forward for women in front of and behind the camera. And the only thing I will add is that I'm really, I'm really serious, people spend some money so mm-hmm. this movie makes some money so they make more movies like this i want to see everything these people make again and i want them to be able to make a lot of things so get off your <laughs> get off your couch shell out some dough and let's see some more movies like this i just what about you um couldn't agree more i uh love the representation of um identities in this piece and like i said at the beginning the way that it's not the the butt of a joke or um necessarily what the movie is about other than the movie is about relationships and and particularly female friendship and i love it 
so much. There are flaws. There's flaws everywhere. But um, absolutely, I would like to see more from Olivia Wilde. I would like to see more from the writers and um, certainly more from uh, the all the actors in this piece. So, yes, please buy it, buy it, buy it. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. The end. All right. So next up is a movie that no one needs to put any more money toward. <laughs> it's, already, it's already made plenty. We are going to talk about The Hunger Games in two weeks <laughs> on uh, July 23rd. So come back and uh, and check it out. Um, watch The Hunger Games if you haven't. So you have it, or read to, it if you haven't. Or read it if you have, haven't. And uh, we'll have a, a thorough discussion uh, later on this yes. month. Yes. And will we survive the game itself? Who knows? Who can say? can say? Aislinn, you have another podcast. I do. It's called Why Aren't We All? Dot, 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 question mark. Uh, And I talk to folks who have a practice, a belief, a way of life that makes the world a little bit easier for them to deal with and that we hypothesize what it might look like if, if everyone picked up that practice or belief and how the world might change a little bit. There's a whole variety of... Um, of the things that we've talked about from enjoying beer to playing bridge. Uh, and this, uh, <laughs> the most current episode is about running, yes. particularly running yes. for charity. Um, a great episode with our good friend, Shelly Clark. So please uh, check it out and um, tell us what you think. I, I look forward to when you're done with your first run, the first season of the show to mm-hmm. talk about, uh, the similarities that you've like, what are there common threads between all these disparate things sure. that you've, you know, like it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting to look at the data once you're through. <laughs> we have um, one more official episode and then one potential bonus episode left. So mm, um, the series wow. is, is coming to a close like British television. We're keeping it short and sweet. Um, so yeah. Also, Excellent. I'm on Twitter, uh, but only go. because I have to be. And I'm at <laughs> SassyNerdMT, doing my best to contribute um, as little as possible while still remaining relevant. Tobin, where can people <laughs> find you? You can find me on Twitter at Tobin Addington. And you can find us on Twitter at Contenders underscore pod or on Patreon at TheContendersPod.com. Special thanks to our members who've joined at the marquee level or above, Sean Flynn and Jeff Addington. Mm-hmm. Become a member today connect with other listeners and support our show we here at the contenders are proud members of the cage club podcast network you can explore all their great shows at cageclub.me and you can keep tabs on all the cage club happenings on twitter at cage club pod as always thank you so much for listening i'm Islan addington i am tobin addington and we'll see you next time on the contenders Okay. Um, do you like it when I drink coffee? Well, <laughs> do I like it when you drink coffee? Sorry, you didn't hear my joke. <laughs> yeah, while I while we're recording, and then I slurped it. Sorry. Okay, I'm done. Go. Oh, sorry. Yes. No, I was okay. <laughs> um, if you think I've messed one up, go ahead and take a sip. Uh, what is what happened? Tobin? No, nothing. Yes. No, someone broke in and said something. Not on my end. Okay. I apologize. There are ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) Someone broke in.
is someone, is someone whispering spoke. behind you? <laughs> no, I'm not whispering, oh, okay. but out loud. But I did hear someone whispering in my ear the other night. And so they're honestly ghosts in my life. So apologies. Maybe, maybe your dog speaks English. <gasps> God, that's the dream. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, it, yeah. it, it would be. You have such things to say. So many things. He'd be so, he's so disappointed in me, as are you. So now I'm going to <laughs> follow the direction. Okay. Director Olivia Wilde. Oh, wait, I lost my ding. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. Can we just start that again? Absolutely. Um, 